Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth. I'm an intimacy coach and psychologist. I created this show to explore the erotic alphabet, to help you learn more about desire and expressing your desires, discover ways to spice up your relationship and create that sizzling relationship you've always wanted. I do this through solid science, real life stories and interviews with an exciting variety of sex experts. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create your ideal sexual life. Make sure you join us to access even more sexual strategies on my blog, A to Z of Sex. Access our monthly newsletter with subscriber-only offers at www.atozofsex.com. That's A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of Sex. I'm Dr. Lori Beth, and I'm your host. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Just a reminder, this podcast deals with adult content, so if you don't have total privacy, you might want to put on your headphones. Today, the letter is U, and U is for uncircumcised. In this episode, I will only look at the circumcision of males. Circumcision is an operation in which the foreskin of the penis is removed. The foreskin is the part of the penis that covers ostensibly the most sensitive portion, which is the glands or the head of the penis. If you're in certain age groups and were brought up in America, you may not realize that there are uncircumcised penises. In fact, the first uncircumcised penis I ever saw was at the age of 27, when I had sex with my first husband for the first time. He was British, and it wasn't popular in the UK to get circumcised for anything other than religious or medical reasons. Whereas in the U.S., almost all men who were born in that age group were circumcised unless a parent objected. I was shocked at first. My initial response was to ask him what was wrong with him. As you can imagine, that almost derailed our first sexual experience entirely and could have derailed our entire relationship. When he finally understood the problem, we both had a bit of a laugh. It took me some time to get used to the difference in appearance. At rest, the foreskin covers the head of the penis, and some are quite large pockets of skin and very loose. Others are smaller and just barely cover the head. There are a variety of reasons that men are circumcised, and there's a lot of debate as to whether this is appropriate or not appropriate, some going so far as to calling this mutilation the same as female circumcision is also known as female genital mutilation. Jewish men are circumcised at seven days old as part of the covenant with God. Muslim men are circumcised at a similar time as part of a birth ceremony, often for the same reason although it should be pointed out that not all Muslim men are circumcised. Men who convert to Judaism must be circumcised in order to convert. Of course, in the time that the Old Testament was written, regular baths and showers were not the trend, and so circumcision to increase hygiene made more sense. Just as the laws of kashrut, or being kosher, in order to protect the population from various diseases and problems that arise 
when meat has not been stored well made sense at that time and perhaps make less sense now. The most common medical reason for circumcision is a foreskin that is too tight and doesn't retract as the penis enlarges so that the head of the penis is trapped and this can be very painful and some suggest dangerous. The foreskin and the glands can grow together and only separate when the boy is about three years old. So some doctors recommend waiting until the boy is older before making the decision to circumcise, although the boy may experience some pain as a baby and up until the point at which the circumcision occurs. The second medical reason is that, uh, that is often given for circumcision is balanitis, which is an inflammation and then infection of the foreskin and or the glands. Now this can be caused by poor hygiene, candida, allergy to soaps, um, friction against certain types of clothing, any of these things that can cause damage to the skin leading to inflammation and then infection setting in. Finally, circumcision can be offered as a treatment for adult men if a tight foreskin is making sex painful. And some men, foreskin is so tight that they can't manage sexual intercourse without pain, or for that matter, any kind of sexual activity without pain and quite severe pain. The research shows that circumcision in childhood reduces the risk of penile cancer, but penile cancer is very rare in any event. Sexually transmitted infections are more common in uncircumcised men. It's suggested that uncircumcised men are less likely to notice the symptoms of things like chlamydia. The safe sex discussion is essential in any sexual encounter, but maybe it's more essential with uncircumcised guys. Although there's considerable argument over the results of the research. There is a lot of debate as to the downsides of male circumcision as well, with some saying that it absolutely decreases pleasure and others talking about the risks of the operation. There are problems in about 2% of medical circumcisions and these range from bleeding, infection, the psychological impacts and sexual problems. Again, there's argument as to whether there are actually psychological impacts when circumcision is carried out when the boy is a baby. Despite all of this debate, two thirds of men are still circumcised. It took until 1999 for the American Academy of Pediatrics to conclude that there weren't actually specific benefits to circumcision. There are many American parents who still prefer circumcision from concerns that their boys will be teased for looking different, all the way to concerns that their boys will feel uncomfortable looking different from their fathers. Now that we've covered some of the facts relating to circumcision, let's turn to how to approach an uncircumcised dick in order to give the most pleasure. Since if you're like I was, you may not have a clue what to do when confronted with one. First, make sure that your man has good hygiene. There is absolutely nothing worse than a nasty penis, or for that matter, a nasty vagina. If he doesn't smell clean and fresh, start by washing him with soap and water, or jump in the shower with him, or have a ritual that you follow in preparation to have sex that includes washing him. Personally, I prefer not to have to be face to dick before I realize he needs a wash. So if I'm with a new man, I try to incorporate bathing or showering into foreplay. That way, I can make sure 
that he's clean. Once a man is fully hard, his foreskin will roll back naturally. However, you can bring your man great pleasure by playing with his foreskin. The foreskin is full of nerve endings and can be extra sensitive, so you have to be careful as you start to play with it. Don't suck too hard and make sure not to pinch unless your man is into pain. You can use your hand and gently slide the foreskin back and forth. Or you can use your tongue to circle inside of the foreskin, which can be really hot. Or stroke inside lightly with a thumb and forefinger. This is highly sensitive, so you may need to back off a bit. Now, some people say that the head of the penis in an uncircumcised man is less sensitive, and others say it's more sensitive. I think that in my research, I found more people saying that it is, in fact, more sensitive. Before you go nibbling the head, check and see which is true with the uncircumcised man you're having sex with. Ask him if he likes his penis being nibbled. If he does, you can use your teeth just to graze over him and give him a different sexy sensation, or you can use your teeth to graze over the foreskin. Again, you want to check these sorts of things out before you do them so you don't have a guy jumping back in fear or pain. You don't have to worry as much about deep-throating with uncircumcised guys, which can be great if you find deep-throating difficult. I still advise practice so you can get as much of the penis in your throat as possible without gagging. Practice teaches you how to partly disable your gag reflex. If you don't do this for a while, I'm afraid that you'll have to practice again, ladies. This skill does not stick like riding a bicycle. But if you've built the skill before, it will be quicker this time. Practice on fruit and veg or use a dildo. Just practice, practice, practice. Some uncircumcised men have a more sensitive head to their penises or so easier to please. Sucking and licking the tip can bring him to orgasm more quickly. Some women say that uncircumcised penises feel better during intercourse. I have now had sex with a number of uncircumcised men and a number of circumcised men, and I did not notice that one type was better during vaginal intercourse. Some women report finding orgasm during intercourse easier with an uncircumcised man. They talk about a gliding sensation as being excited, but also the foreskin is bunched up a bit at the base of the penis when the penis is fully extended. And this can provide some extra friction against the clitoris in some positions, which may be why some women report more vaginal orgasm with uncircumcised men. Whether this actually works for you will have a lot to do with clitoral position, how big your clitoris is, exactly how much um, extra skin, so how big is his foreskin, so how much is bunched up at the base, and actually sexual position. Some people say that an uncircumcised man finds it harder to last as long as a circumcised man because he's more sensitive. I've not really found this to be true. Then again, most guys have to work at lasting longer when they first begin to have sex with other people. During masturbation, coming quickly really isn't a problem. In fact, sometimes it's an advantage. Being able to have a quick wank in the loo during the day can add to excitement. It can reset you so that you can focus on your work later in the day. Coming quickly with a partner is not usually an asset. 
men usually learn how to pace themselves as they start having sex with other people. And being able to wait until your partner has had an orgasm before you come is considered a great skill. The uncircumcised penis is said to have skin that is more velvety than the circumcised penis. So this can lead to lower pain during intercourse in women who are having trouble with lubrication. Also, some people suggest that the skin on the circumcised penis is harder, um, almost as though a callus has developed because um, it's having to protect itself from the friction against clothing all the time because it's missing its protective layer. And so that can mean that the man has to uh, be more forceful and requires more stimulation in order to reach orgasm. And so this can also be a bit more um, painful for women who are having trouble with lubrication. Hand jobs can be easier if a man is uncircumcised as the foreskin is doing some of the work for you. Um, there is more lubrication and the precum will act as a lubrication, a lubricant between foreskin and the head of the penis. Um, also the issue of smegma is an issue that people bring up quite frequently. And actually, um, smegma is a national natural lubricant and women produce it around their clitoris as well as men producing it around the penis. Now, in people with good hygiene, you won't even notice that it's there. It's just simply an extra lubricant. Um, obviously, the kind of dick cheese that women describe, and I can't barely say that without you being able to hear my disgust, is as a result of bad hygiene. So if you see that in a man, you don't want to be going near him anyway, because apparently it takes months of not washing to really build that up. Docking is a sexual activity that can only be done if a man has a foreskin. Um, if you're heterosexual, you may not have heard of docking because docking is when one man puts his penis inside the foreskin of another man. And if both men are uncut, they can do what is called double docking and each put their penis inside the foreskin of the other one. Take a second to try and visualize that. Um, it's supposed to be extremely pleasurable for both parties for heterosexual men, foreskin to nipple play can be enjoyed along with a tongue or a finger in the foreskin. Um, one uh, woman suggested clitoris to foreskin, but um, I found that a little bit more difficult to imagine without some actual help with your hand um, and, a, and um, a rather larger clitoris. But it's a sensation that an uncircumcised man can't can't have because there's nothing because they don't have a foreskin, you, you're not sticking anything in them. There's a penetrative sensation that they won't be able to have there. Putting on a condom can be a bit confusing at first, the first time you try it with an uncircumcised man. Being honest, I find putting a condom on a man a bit tricky anyway. I grew up in the age when men put the condom on and didn't expect his partner to help him. It wasn't incorporated into sex play. So I didn't learn how to put on a condom put a condom on a dick until I was in my 30s. I never had enough practice to become really adept at it. I can help, but I'm not an expert. I have friends who are absolutely an expert. Um, I can get a condom started using my mouth, but I can't do the whole thing. But I know women who can do the whole thing, start to finish, and make it look easy. 
This is another one of those skills that it's really well worth practicing. In any event, to put a condom on an uncircumcised man, just slide his foreskin back and put on the condom. There's lots of debate as to which type of penis is more sensitive and whether there's a loss of sexual pleasure when a man doesn't have a foreskin. Certainly foreskins have lots and lots of nerve endings. So that would suggest that if you don't have one, you're missing out on quite a few different nerve endings. But it's really difficult to prove one way or the other as the individual is the one who's describing the amount of pleasure they have. In the end, cut and uncut men find all types of sexual activity pleasurable. And what you need to do really is spend the time to explore and discover the man you're with, and you'll find all the different ways you can make sex a blast. The more time you take in discussion, negotiation, and learning about your partner prior to actually getting in bed with them, the more likely you are to have a really rich sexual experience. Now, I know that I say this a lot, and... um, for those of you who are already doing this, it probably bores you to hear me say it. But the reason that I say this a lot is that my experience is, is that lots of people never actually talk about sex before having sex. They don't discuss what they like. They don't discuss what they don't like. Um, Often they don't know the differences between themselves and other people. So they haven't really an idea what their partner might find unusual or different or what they can do to actually help their partner, help them to have the best experience. Many people only start talking about sex when they're in bed and they're very hesitant to discuss things that um, are problematic or things that they want changed. They're very much more... um, hesitant to ask for what they want and what they desire. But the more you're able to do this, the better your experience will be. And also the more intimacy that you build with your partner, you feel much closer to your partner when you're able to talk about these things that most of us end up considering so terribly private. So I like to encourage you to consider actually having a discussion about sex before you get in bed for the first time with your partner and for continuing that discussion as you go along and finding all the different ways in which you can make that discussion fun and exciting and incorporate it into your foreplay. If you find that there's something that you find difficult to talk about um, or embarrassing to talk about, to consider writing about it, as long as you're finding a way to actually share it with your partner, and open up the possibility of discussion, you're much more likely to create the best sex life that you can have. And the idea with sex is that it makes you closer and that it's fun and exciting. And then it stays that way in the long term. Thank you for joining me this week for the A to Z of sex. I hope you write in with your questions to Dr. Lori Beth at a to Z of sex.com. That's a T O Z O F S E X.com. And for Americans, it's Z and visit both websites, www.a to Z of sex.com 
and www.the-intimacy-coach.com to learn about alternative sexual choices, types of sexual relationships, and to learn to sizzle and create that lasting intimate relationship that you desire. For a free 30-minute session with me, head over to www.atozofsex.com and click on the button that says book now. Please join me next week when the letter will be V and V is for vaginismus. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the A to Z of sex. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes and make sure you head over to www.atozofsex.com. That's A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X. To subscribe to my free newsletter to help you keep your sex life sizzling. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes as we work our way through the sexual alphabet to discover the wide world of sex, sexuality, desire, and intimacy. Knowledge gives you the power to create relationships that bring you satisfaction and joy. Hope to see you next week.